Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, and welcome back to the Grief Gang podcast with me, your host, Amber Jeffrey. The message behind the Grief Gang is to normalize the topic of conversation that is grief. People living with grief can often feel ashamed, isolated, and alone. This podcast was created to break those taboos after I myself experienced all of those feelings after the loss of my mum in 2016. I decided enough was enough and we need to talk about this. You'll hear on this podcast an array of stories and experiences, some being my own and some being fantastic guest episodes and their incredible stories. You'll laugh, you'll cry, but I hope above all, I hope you'll learn. I hope you'll learn that you are not alone in your grief journey, that you have a voice and it should be heard, that you and your grief matter. So without further ado, I'll let you enjoy the episode. Happy listening. Hello, Grief Gang, and welcome back to another episode with me, your host, Amber Jeffrey. It is another guest episode, and I am so, so delighted to have this guest on. To give you a little bit of context into how that I found this guest... I'm actually going to take it back to around summer last year when I was aimlessly scrolling through Twitter, as I do. But it wasn't aimlessly because I then stumbled across this. I stumbled across this fantastic person and this initiative. And it caught my eye at first because of the name of the fund and of the initiative, because it is the same name as the charity that I work under. And I thought, oh, have they done something I don't know about it? What's going on here? I thought, oh no, it's not. Let me have a little look into it. And as I dug deeper, I became just a little bit more obsessed. And I've been following the creator and the founder of it for some time. And I thought, you know what? I want to reach out. I want to reach out and have this guest on the show. So, Grief Gang, I'm so happy to introduce to you Key Bennett. Key, thank you so much for being here today, darling. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Key, could you take us a bit of time just to tell the listeners about who you are and what it is that you do? Okay, so my name is Key. Um, I'm the founder of AZ Magazine, which is an online publication for Black um, and people of colour that are LGBT. Um, I'm also the founder of the New Normal Therapy Fund, which provides therapy for Black people. Um, 
and that have lost a mother slash mother figure. I do, I'm a multifaceted babes. Like I'm a consultant. I do UX, like name it. I probably do. (laughs) Brilliant. You're a multifaceted babe. And yeah, specifically, we're going to go into more about the new normal fun because that was what, yeah, it's the new normal. And those who know me, I, I work very close with a charity called The New Normal. It's actually something I need to ear with you. I, th- I think you could work great together. I'll speak to you about that after. Um, but yeah, it did. Honestly, Kit, I was scrolling through Twitter one day and I saw it come up and I was like, what's this? And I dug deeper and then I was kind of following it for a while and seeing as the funding was going up. And I was like, yes, yes, yes. And then I saw that you collab- were collaborating then with Black Minds Matter. And I was like, fuck, like this is just fucking huge. But Kit, there obviously is a reason why you're here today on The Grief Gang and why it inspired you to start such a fantastic thing such as the New Normal Therapy Fund. Um, there's somebody that you've lost in your life. So I was wondering if you could tell the listeners about who it is that we are here to remember today. Yeah, so um, I lost my mum in 2017. Um, She passed away by suicide. And if you have lost someone in that way, you know how, like, earth-shattering that is Um, and confusing all in one. And I remember at the time um, just feeling completely numb and almost pretending, like, that I was fine more so for the people around me, because when the topic of suicide comes up, people automatically feel uncomfortable. Um, They almost retreat. Mm -hmm. And my coping mechanism was to try and make them feel better about the situation. And on top of that, because I was the next of kin, I then had to arrange, you know, the funeral and everything else on top of that. So I didn't even have the opportunity to, I guess, stop and process my own emotions. It was Mm -hmm. just go, go, go. And I remember it just being a tricky time because while people were kind of like sad and mourning, I was just angry. Yeah. The only feeling that I could feel at that point was just anger and abandonment. Mm -hmm. And when I tried to express that to people, it was kind of met with disdain because you're automatically expected to just talk about all the good times and not mm. speak about anything, any ill feeling that you have. Yeah. What was a saving grace for me personally was that I had very supportive friends around me who gave me the space to express myself in whichever way I wanted to. Mm-hmm. There were days where I was just like breaking down crying. There were days where I was making like the most inappropriate jokes. <laughs> <laughs> we love them trauma jokes. We love them trauma jokes. <laughs> Do you know what? If it helps you, I I don't care how deep and how dark it is. If it helps, it fucking helps. (laughs) No, honestly. And I think, like, so my childhood best friend, um, a year and a half before my mum passed, their mum had passed away. Mm -hmm. So I had her to kind of have those conversations with and open up in, like, such a a comfortable and safe environment Mm -hmm. that I... I didn't feel alone in that way, you know? However, I think the one thing that was hard for me was navigating that with my family Mm -hmm. because, you know, there's a lot of shame around suicide. And for my family, it was, let's not talk about it. We don't want that to be your mum's story. Mm -hmm. And I would never make that my mum's story because that was a small part of her life. 
the most minuscule part of her life. Exactly, yeah. She was the bubbliest, happiest, like most adventurous person I knew. Like, yeah. And what I told myself last year was the morning stops now mm-hmm. and now we celebrate. It's interesting. So many people's um, views on like the word morning itself vary. So if you saying then, like, well, you're saying you felt you were mourning from 2017 till 20, the state of mourning, and that's a long to be in the mourning stage. And when people, the, the difference between like grief and mourning, I don't know word for word, but like definition, like the mourning is yeah, like the initial stages after, like very, very close to it after. But the reality is people think, oh yeah, that wears off after a couple of months, a couple of years. People can be in deep, despair mourning for years and come fluctuate in and out of it as well yeah I guess just to follow on from that it's I didn't I I didn't feel like I had the space to yeah start my grieving process because Mm. I felt like I had the weight of the world on my shoulders I had so much planning to do that there was no time to be still the list is never ending. I know people who have had things crop up like years later, and they're like, "My, per- I thought we, I thought we ticked all our boxes. I thought we did it all. Um, why we still get it? It doesn't, it doesn't stop." And hearing you talk there, key really reminds me of my brother and just kind of how um, his was go, 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 and then eventually, when there was nothing like left to do, is when it came. And I think yeah, the pandemic was that for quite a lot of us. Of some of us were on furlough, whatever it may be. We all ground to a halt and we're very much confronted with our feelings I look back now and kind of how I tackle some of my feelings of my grief during the pandemic as as quite quite thankful for it I won't say grateful because of the sheer loss we've had but quite thankful for being able to spend that time with me at the time of the lockdown I struggled so hard and I I'd go on panels and I'd have conversations with people where they'd be like so how are you finding the pandemic and everyone was like yeah Mm, I've spent the last three years on go 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 Mm -hmm. now I have to stop I have to deal with everything like I don't I don't and you look back and you kind of think oh yeah just because I like to be busy like and hustle culture and all that shit but it is when when you're when you're forced to just be of yourself and actually tap into why do I feel so uncomfortable just sitting here me and my feelings and I was like I was like fucking I felt like I was peeling back an onion of just shit I was like it's never fucking ending. I want to ask you, Key, um, and this is, as I said earlier, off the back of a video that you shared of your mum the other day on your social media. And I saw the video and I was like, I want to ask you about it and more so just what it brought up for me. And I just wanted to ask you, what did life look like with mum growing up? Looking back now, how do you see and recognise that she loved you and how she showed you love? Growing up with my mum, it was just adventures. Mm. Adventures and laughter. Like, we laughed at everything. I mean, I still do now. Mm. Um, It could be little things, and I know... (laughs) It could be little things like I banged my toe on the corner of the (laughs) floor, and she's like... "Ah!" (laughs) (laughs) When you're in agonising pain, and you're like, stop it! (laughs) Um, so we had like a tradition, which was like for her birthday, my nan would come down from Sheffield and yeah. her birthday was April Fool's Day. So oh, stop. like the day of the most ultimate pranks, <laughs> like how can we top last year? That was it. Right. 
Mm. We'd play pranks on each other. We'd team up and play pranks on my nan. Not and- nanny. <laughs> <laughs> so there was one day, right? Where um, so the year before, I had ran down the stairs and <laughs> banged the way down, laid at the bottom, and just started be like, ah. So she's <laughs> ran out. She's like, oh my god, my baby, no. <laughs> Start laughing, obviously. I mean, it's a bit of a... Yeah. <laughs> and then start laughing, right? And um, so she was like, let's, let's try and... Let's, let's do the same prank on Nan and see, see how she reacts to it. Oh. So I'm like, Mama! <laughs> and as soon as she comes right out, we both burst out laughing. And she gets the slipper and then starts whacking both of us. Stop, yeah. She's like, you're going to play this fucking foolery with me. <laughs> Play with my heart like this. <laughs> it's like we're all just laughing. It was like it's such an innocent prank or whatever. But yeah. that is honestly, I remember my childhood like that. We used mm. to go to like little spas together, like literally three generations. Me, yeah. my mom, and my man. Um, we'd go on holidays together. Like we used to go to Jamaica a lot together. Yeah, yeah, fun. Fun is how I described it. When it comes to, like, my mum showing me love, she was a therapist. She'd always, like, leave a little book, yeah. you know, a little book on the side, a little well-being book. She'd always buy me journals and be like, you know, express yourself as much as you possibly can. Amazing. It'd take me to, like, um, pamp- pampering days because she'd be like, you need to look after you first. Yeah. That key is really interesting into obviously then what I'm going to ask you now about, about the new normal therapy fund and how it came to be and why. And so, yeah, you touching on there and saying that mum was a therapist in her line of work. So I'm going to go to the question that's a little bit more below of kind of your own personal experience of therapy. So for one, growing up with a mum who was a therapist and then going to therapy and then starting this fund. So I'm going to assume did therapy come first before the fund? Yes. Yeah. 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 And so as listeners and listening now, probably if they've been here from like the beginning or somewhat not that long ago, I was very anti-therapy. And I say, oh, I say anti, I want to look back. I was, I was a fucking dick. Like I should have been probably Ofcom should have come and got me for spouting like such bad shit, but it was because of my own experience. And now I said really bad. It was very transactional experience and I just was really put off it for quite some time. And then I came into contact with um, like a very modern contemporary uh, therapy service called Self Space. Don't know if you've seen them on Instagram. They're fantastic. They just give this new breath of air into therapy and just kind of break down all the connotations that you probably would have had towards therapy of like you know the really stiff rigid chair that you sit in and like the, you know just the really generic things that you think of and I listened to a podcast one of their founders on on the Reggie Yates podcast years ago and I just became obsessed with them after and then just I've still not even set back into the therapy room but just alone through their content and their conversation it's completely flipped the script for me so I'm still yet to go back into the therapy room itself. And I think that's a bit more of hesitation of now that I'm open to it, and I'm not resistant. I put in that wall up. What the fuck is going to come out for me? But I wanted to ask you kind of, yeah, what was after mum's death? Was therapy kind of the go to for you? So I was similar to you, to be fair. Yeah. Because my mum was a therapist, I found the whole concept annoying. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was like... There's nothing that anyone can tell me that I don't already know. I grew yeah. up with a therapist. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why do I need it? So after my mum passed away, 
I kind of had the same mindset. Um, but then I started to really struggle and felt like I couldn't speak to anyone mm. um, and felt really alone. And I remember, um, I remember taking a trip to the A&E because I was like, I'm, I feel sad and I can't, I can't shake the sadness and I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking to someone there and they handed for the first time. So that would have been early 2018. Yeah. Um, and for the first time someone handed me like resources. Yeah. It's a long so time. Way at the end of June, and in it wasn't until January that I started to receive any resources. Yeah, and one of them was uh, for SOBS, so, okay. so survivors of bereavement by suicide. Mm-hmm. And I then was like, "What? There's groups? <laughs> yeah, about this." Mm-hmm. So I started emailing loads of them, and I was just like. <laughs> At the time, it was just a mess. So I was mm-hmm. just like, yeah, this has happened. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, not coherent emails at all. You're just like, help. Grammar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> help. Um, and this amazing, and I will sing the praises of this person to Kingdom Come, mm. um, called Mel, who ran the Coventry branch that I went to. So at the time, I lived in Coventry. Mm. And... She was like, you know, we've got this group and the next one's coming up on like Monday or Tuesday. Like, feel free to come through. You can sit in the group and listen. You don't have to speak at all, but just know that we're here to support you. So I went along to the group for the first, I think even two sessions. I just sat there and looked at everybody as they spoke. I said, all I did was say my name. And then I just sat there and looked around the room. And... I'd never felt so like kind of held mm-hmm. in that moment. Like people were sharing stories that I could relate to and feelings that I could relate to. And I just felt so heard in that moment, even though I hadn't spoken. Yeah. You know? And I think it was on the third time that I went. So I think it was like the first Monday of every month. Mm-hmm. The third time that I went, I was like, okay. I, I told myself, you're going to talk this time. You're going to do it. <laughs> yeah. And um, I shared my story and literally burst into tears while I was yeah. talking. And everybody just kind of huddled around me and gave me a hug. Mm. I was like, it's okay. Like, you can feel any way you want to. Because I felt shame because I was angry and I was yeah. like how could you do this to me, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I continued to go there for about, I think it was like a year. Wow. And then I got to the point, I think I got to the point eventually where it was like, actually, most of the, 99% of the people there had lost like, you know, a husband, a wife, um, a child, mm-hmm. but no one had lost a parent. Okay. So I was finding it quite, I then was finding it quite difficult to like, I guess, relate in some way to some of the It's story. isolation within it's, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. Also, no one looked like me. Yeah. So when I'm explaining, I guess, I'm from, my, my family's Jamaican. And when I'm explaining how my family's kind of like dealing with the process, there's nuances to it. Yeah. You know, that 
people in the room couldn't really understand. And you're spending more time explaining about yeah. that nuances than actually getting to the core of your feelings. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I stopped going there and I was in, I guess at that point I was like, okay, I've done that now. Mm-hmm. I, I can I can stand alone on my two feet. Oh, like Bambi. <laughs> I was like, I'm strong now, I'm fine. And I think about two months after that, I was like, now I just feel alone again. Yeah. I've shared this part of myself with people that I'm never going to speak to again. Now what do I do? And I had a friend that was like, why don't you try therapy? Mm -hmm. I know that you don't like one-on-one therapy, but why don't you try it? Just give it a go. You don't have to make a lifetime commitment to it. Mm Mm-hmm. So I went on the, I think it's the Black and Asian Therapy Network. Yes. Um, I remember my mum mentioning it before. She was a part of it, I think. And I went on there and just scrolled through and I was like... Right. You get your vibe. You're like, not yeah, you, not you, not you, not you, not you. I went on and then I was just like, do you know what? That one. Yeah. <laughs> Close your eyes. That one. <laughs> I was in therapy with her for a while. Um... I mean, when I say a while, I think it was like a few months. Mm-hmm. And then I quit my job. Right. So with everything that had happened with my mum, I was like, life is short. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to do anything that makes me feel unhappy. And if this means that I, I'm i not working for a month or so, I'm going to deal with that. And I have family to support me. Yeah. At least have a sofa to sleep on somewhere. Yeah, you've got roof over your heads. You're all right. You're all right. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, like, with that, I had to change therapists Mm -hmm. because, you know, therapy is expensive. I was with, like, a black woman at the time, and it was great, and I was sad that I had to leave. Um, So I got – I then went and got, like, free therapy from my local service. Mm -hmm. Um, Or it was, like, affordable therapy, sorry, from my local service. But then with that, I had – white man as my therapist yeah you don't get the pick there Uh, and it was so incredibly difficult yeah because I I needed the therapy but I'm looking as I'm talking I'm looking at him yeah and I'm like I don't want you to feel sorry for me no this is not what I'm trying to explain to you Mm -hmm. so when I was back into employment um I remember reaching out to you know, during 2020, a lot of funds came about um, and a lot of services started to come around specifically for black people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I reached out to one. I was like, if you have any therapist, like, can you put me in contact? Yeah. And I was put in contact with my amazing therapist now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like, honestly, could squeeze her. Like, oh. <laughs> And... I've never felt so hurt in my life. Like, she gives me the mental hug that I need every week. Um, Just unfiltered advice. It's great. Yeah. (laughs) It'll tell you how it is. Yeah. And I guess from that, when I started to go through that process, I was like, actually, this is something that everybody needs, but not everyone has access to. You want to share it. I've been on both sides, right? Mm -hmm. And not just that, it's like, yeah, you have free services, but is that person going to look like you? Are they going to yeah. be able to relate to you culturally? Are they going to yeah. be able to understand your situation? And did you initially start fundraising by bike rising? Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. 
That is amazing. <laughs> I love that. So I've, me and my friends were like quite sporty people. We like yeah. a challenge. And I've always wanted to just ride to Brighton. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. Yeah. And I had the idea of the new normal therapy fund. And I was like, how about I do a sponsored bike ride? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. When I spoke to like friends, I was like, who wants to do it with me? And everyone looked at me like, you're just yeah. They're like, like, I'll just donate. Yeah. They were like, you can have a fiver, it's fine. You know? They're like, how about I just give you a tenner and you do it yourself? I know. Yeah. So I was like, do you know what? I was also holding myself accountable as well. Yeah. So I was like, once I've put this out there, I'm doing it. Yeah. Um, and I remember the day before I released it, I I was in tears. Yeah. Because I was like, how are people going to receive this? And what, no one cares. And mm. what if I support it? And I'm going to do it anyway. And I'm going to get yeah. people this therapy. It's important to me. So it initially started as I wanted to raise um, – enough money for 12 weeks of therapy for five black people mm-hmm. um and within five days we surpassed the target so I was like all right cool we've got the I think bigger now yeah, yeah. let's go yeah and we even I think I surpassed that target by maybe like a grand as well wow. and the ride to Brighton my god <laughs> <laughs> On the way there, I remember saying to my friends, like, what are we doing? We're actually mad. Why are we doing this? <laughs> mad hilly, isn't it? I didn't it's know. Mad, it's mad hilly. My brother, he does the London to Brighton for British Heart Foundation. And he did it yeah. since our mum died. And he's not done it for two years. And they're doing it this year. So they've had a good two-year break now. But I'll never forget, yeah, the first year when they got to that line. I've never seen it. Oh, I went, are you guys all right? <laughs> and we're like, there is, there's that one hill. There's one hill. Oh, yeah. When you're going into Brighton, yeah. horrid. Horrid. And literally, we all got off our bikes. We got videos of all, all of us just, like walking up the hill. Yeah, you're like, fuck this, I, we're off. Yeah, we were like, we're not doing this. This is a joke. I don't know what human legs can do this. Yeah. <laughs> but Matt, I can imagine on that ride, knowing of how many people are funding, and that's like the perfect motivation to it keep was. going and going. So you actually ended up funding, was it for 12 people? So it ended up being, so we kept it at 10. Kept it at 10. Um, it was 12 weeks, yeah, 12 weeks. When I spoke to, so then I reached out to um, Black Minds Matter and I was like, look, I fundraised this money and it's for black people and I would love for the therapist to also be black. And mm-hmm. for me, why recreate the will when there's always already the infrastructure and a, com- a, a organisation that's doing amazing work? Yeah. 
And they were like, yeah, this is amazing. We'll match that. You know, it was just like a little idea that I had. And yeah. when you're going through something like this, you you think that you're going through it by yourself and that no one really cares. Mm-hmm. So to know that people supported it with their donations, with sharing it, with just speaking to people. And then Black Minds Matter came along and was like, you know what? Like, we support this so much, we're going to match it. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. To not even just come along and be like, yeah, we'll support you. What does that look like for you? Just go, yeah, we're going to double it. Yeah. Like, oh. I was like, this is a joke. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's making it really real, like, shit this yeah. is amazing okay it's fucking amazing i wanted to ask you because thinking about obviously the therapy one is for the black community and ages 25 to 35 isn't it in, in that bracket and now i wanted to ask kind of about reception obviously i imagine there's always great reception but if there's a little one percent of and i noticed this of because um myself and six other ladies at the time we've all kind of gone different things but it's still there we created an account called the grief safe space on instagram and it was specifically a sole place to share uh grief and stories of those from black and brown communities their grief who they've lost and it was like a submission based page and it still is and we're currently reviving at the moment and also when we created it it was met with such great reception and people supporting it sharing it whatever it looked like and then just every now and again, we get that little 1%, obviously, someone who's not black or brown. Why is their space is only dedicated? Why is this space only dedicated to black and brown people? We all grieve. We all need support. We all need this. We all need that. And I would say to the girl, said, you better answer it because you're better than me. Um, and I'm not that nice on comments. So, no. <laughs> I like to say I am not the one, but yet I am the one. So that's me. And we often found our response would always be, you know, by default, the world has been catered for you and your white counterparts. It's been catered for you. You know, you can let us fucking have this. You can let us have this space. And so I wanted to ask you kind of, did you receive any kind of backlash, so to say, as that? And kind of, yeah, emphasising why it is so important to have specifically specific support systems and therapy and having black therapists in the therapy room. To be fair, because I do AZ, mm. I'm already doing work yeah. specifically to like black and brown communities. Mm-hmm. So within my network are already people yeah. that understand what I'm doing. So when it came to this fund, I think... I did feel a bit anxious about what the reception would be like. Mm -hmm. I had no one. Amazing. But yeah, like for me, I guess it was okay. Um, Mm -hmm. The reason personally for why I did it was because of my experience with the NHS Mm -hmm. and my family's experience with the NHS and the mental health services. As I said, my mum was a therapist. Yeah. And because of this, she was like deemed as strong and capable. Mm. So she didn't receive the help that she needed yeah. from the institution that should have taken care of her. Yeah. And not only that, my great uncle um, was restrained in the mental health service mm-hmm. and passed away as a result of that. Yeah. And is to this day used as a case study. Yeah. Um. And so I wanted to create something that allowed our community to be able to be as vulnerable as they needed to be, to get the help that they deserved. And I guess be placed at the forefront of the service Mm -hmm. because with what I'm doing, with what Black Minds Matter are doing, 
the black community's care comes first. While like in certain spaces, they've been like, yeah, but what are the statistics for that? I'm like, I don't need to explain that to you. This is what I'm doing and this is the community that I'm doing it for. Yeah. What's the, what's the future for it? Are we going to be running another, like, are we going to be doing another bike rise? I'll join you. <laughs> so for me, what I want to do with the new normal therapy fund is like, I love fitness. I love sport. Mm-hmm. So any fundraising activity I'm going to do um, is going to be specific to like sports and fitness and challenges. Yeah. My goal, my aim is to support for at least 40 people a year. So this year I want to fundraise for another 10 people to go through. And then next year will when is when I'll start with the 40. Yeah. So 40, pe- 40 people a year, it's perfect. I spoke to like Black Minds Matter and like this is the first time that I'm even saying it publicly mm-hmm. last month. And they this was early last month. They were like 13 people are now in therapy through your fund. Oh, so you don't know what goes on yet in between those rooms, known four walls, whatever it is, how they're doing it. But no, no, you've provided 13 people that support key. I'll yeah. take my hat off to you. That I've had some amazing things come my way. Amazing things come my way that probably, yeah, have gone over my head a little bit. Oh, okay, okay. I, and it doesn't not that I'm not grateful for it or anything but it's it's the messages that will always make me actually go this is what I do it for this is what I've and that's not even people oh thank you it's you know just you've made me feel seen you've made me feel heard I am a bit of a thrill seeker so <laughs> if you need me to jump out of a, I've jumped out of a plane for charity before so if you need yeah. me to do I've done it I did it it was amazing <laughs> me and my friend Bobby is oh Fucking hell, what a day that was. Um, I'll jump out of a plane for the new normal therapy fund. I'm saying it here now, guys, so you can hold me accountable there. <laughs> jump out of a plane for you. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm you know that time back in April in 2020. I'll be like, ah. <laughs> um, next key, I wanted to ask you kind of how me and you had a conversation that for a recording and it was about mother's day and so when this comes out we'll be in about may time but we'll be fast approaching then kind of like father's day and just all these kind of days that are around celebrating this one individual person and for those who yet mother's day father's day valentine's day whatever it is can find these days really hard and me and you were having a conversation about it um and i wanted to ask you kind of like your frustrations around mother's day because i've got my whole spiel of why i detest it I detest, I don't detest Mother's Day itself. I detest, yeah, the, the commercial shit around it. So I just wanted to ask you what were kind of your frustrations? The thing is, I kind of came to terms with the fact that if I'm going into a supermarket, yeah. I'm going into, I guess, any store, I'm going to be bombarded from after Valentine's Day yeah. all the way to Mother's mm-hmm. Day, right? A good month and a bit. Great. But what I found the most difficult was opening my emails and having that plastered all over emails constantly, mm-hmm. several emails a day. Yeah. And for me, it was brands need to be more thoughtful in how they're distributing messages. Mm-hmm. Organizations need to think about people that are grieving for many different reasons or are triggered by those days for many different reasons. Yeah. And this year, I was like, actually, 
enough's enough now. Something needs to be done where we're having conversations with organisations. And if that means that it has to be like contacting local MPs, doing something where people are forced to consider not only just the customers that they're delivering these messages to, but what about the people that work within the organisation? Absolutely. Who have to go and do that. Right. The thing that bugs me the most is that the whole opt-out shit and how the opt-out has now become really celebrated. Mm. And I see I see it through on my, on my Grief Gang account. I see people like, oh, this account or oh, this brand said, op, you know, son here, opt-out, like, well done, thank you. And it was almost, I was feeling like, why are we clapping like fish for swimming? Like... <laughs> 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 so that was my thought as well like why are we clapping fish for swimming and then my narrative has changed and I, this year I went yeah enough's a fucking enough because I thought let's back let's think back to these last two years how many people have died just for one either of the virus just in this time we've seen the most record-breaking death toll ever in our lifetime think of many of those people are mothers or motherly figures to somebody right so now when people Let's go, for example, MS. Don't sue me, MS. All right. <laughs> if you're listening, MS marketers, don't fucking sue me. <laughs> Good Lord. I love your hot cross buns. <laughs> fucking hell. I probably shouldn't use examples. But anyway, imagine MS right now. They're sending out all these lovely, buy mum this, buy mum that, treat mum like the queen, she has fuck off, blah, blah, blah. And that, like a large percentage of their marketing now are now bereaved. Like, let's, mm. let's think about that. You are now. You don't you don't cater to a market anymore. You you you've lost them now. And then when with the opt out emails too, you're gonna opt out what like a large proportion of your marketing. So I was thinking about my marketing head on. I was like, I don't even work in marketing. Why am I doing this? But I just thought we're now even at like an even kilter. Why are we still being disregarded and actually not included? It's about time now that actually brands go to the drawing board instead of pulling out the dusty opt-out option every year and actually go, right, how are we going to include bereaved people this year? And for them, it is hard, especially if they've maybe got nobody in the team who can kind of guide them through that. But do the hard work do the work i'm sick of these poxy opt-out emails every year i'm done with it i want to see something that is like a card for like bereaved bereaved children for their mother uh, next to the ones that are next to their mother and say like to my mum like, or then to my mum who i miss i want to see them two next to each other in the store i don't want to have to go and make me own <laughs> moon pig <laughs> shit like that so that's my hopes and dreams and it's been interesting. I shared it on Grief Gang because it's it's almost I feel like a bit going against the grain. And I, I do totally appreciate the opt-out and for some people and how it is really actually comforting. And I remember in them really early stages. I think I my first mother's dad didn't ever receive like an opt-out. It's only been the last couple of years, it's become like a hot thing. And and when I first got one, I thought, yeah, I actually really like this. But then when you're getting like eight a day or saying opt out opt out you're like wow guys you're really trying to tell me this day isn't for me anymore and for someone like me who actually does I've I've spent a lot of time claiming back mother's day for me and my mum and I celebrate her on the day do whatever that looks like for me to have that inner work and go no this day is still for me and my mum to then be bombarded by society of no it's not for you is it really though is it it's pissing me off (laughs) We're excluded from the story. We're excluded from the narrative. And I want to let people know that, like, I see you and I'm thinking about you. Yeah. 
why why are these companies not like you can create something for someone who has maybe lost someone on this day or around that time Mm -hmm. include us in the narrative yeah have to be just for mum why couldn't it be for x you know and actually i realized when i shared it on on my instagram and spoke to my people about it and i was like i'm gonna share this narrative and you might like it you might not and actually some people they wrote back and they were like you know what i feel like i'm kind of like in fueled hate (laughs) but i was like i they i gave them something to think about they went actually yeah no i don't the bar is in hell like why am i just accepting (laughs) opt out (laughs) I want inclusion. And I went, absolutely, we should have inclusion. Like, let's not settle. We are worthy of this. So I'd like to see if something is different around Father's Day. And who knows, we'll get start working, Keon, for Mother's Day next year. <laughs> One thing that I would love to say is Lush. So Lush, last year donated to the boxes. I didn't yeah. even have to do a massive spiel. It yeah. was just like, I'm creating these boxes. Would you donate? And mm. there was nothing behind it. It wasn't... Uh, send pictures or mm. um, tag us. Yeah, there was absolutely nothing. It was just for a good cause. What's your address? Mm. Amazing. And I came back this year to ask them, and they were like, "Yeah, what's your address? What do you want?" Yeah. And I thought, wow, like I know there are more organisations out there, but because maybe, like you said, there's someone in the team that hasn't lost mm-hmm. anyone or isn't in having that thought process. We need to just kind of... Yeah. I think they're scared. They're scared to. And do you know what? I don't blame them. I think they're scared of getting it wrong. And they will. And they will. They'll get it wrong for somebody or a percentage of people. Some people will be like, what do you mean? I couldn't think of anything worse other than having like a specific card and picking that up in the shop and going to the till and buying that and blah, blah, blah. For some people, they're going to hate it and they'd rather forget about the days or whatever it is. Um but they are, they're scared of getting it wrong. And that's why people of us with lived experience putting ourselves forward, like, we will help you. Like, because we want to see this change. I do think it's going to happen in a lifetime. I think the more, the more, yeah, we get arms and, and numbers and people on deck, it's going to happen. I'm going to ask you now a question from our previous guest who left this question for you. <laughs> And then you're going to leave a question for the next guest and you don't know who it is at all because I don't even know who it is next either. So this question comes from a lady called Georgina Lucas who was on the podcast and she very tragically lost her her son, um, Gray, and he was 21 days old and it was a beautiful story and it will be out before this episode. But her question that she left for you is this. She asks, what is something that someone said or did in the aftermath of your person dying that has stuck with you? Whether it's something special, some words of advice or an act of service. Me explaining to my partner that I'm going to Sheffield um, to see my mum's grave. Mm-hmm. And her being like, I'd love to come and meet your mum. Oh. And it was the wording for me, you know? Yeah. And once we got there, she was just like, hi, mom. And I had a conversation. And <laughs> I've never had anybody, I guess, be so thoughtful in that way. And in that moment, I didn't feel like I had to put on a different mask or be somebody else. It was just like, I was just seen as she was there with me in the moment. And I think that act of service. Yeah. 
Undefeated. Undefeated, that is. Can I come and meet mum? And because that's a huge thing, not everyone, I'm very choosy of kind of who I would take to my mum's grave and kind of almost having that 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 pushing through, like, I really like to meet her. Because sometimes even asking people, like, oh, would you come with me to the grave? Like, I've I've asked a few people and not maybe had the response that I wanted. And so kind of I stopped asking people. So when people would actively put themselves forward, I was like, you want to meet my mom? <laughs> come and meet my mom. And I guess, like, I listened to one of your episodes and um, I remember the person saying that, everybody like anyone that they had got that they would get with now would never know their mom yeah and I thought about that and it really just resonated with me so in that moment like in hindsight in that moment I was like wow like she would never get to meet you in person but this is the closest thing and it feels so important it feels so special and I'm a spiritual person Mm -hmm. so we just sat there and we just had little conversations and my nan, so my mum wanted to be buried um, quite close to my nan. Mm-hmm. So my nan is like a walk away. Yeah. So I went over there and was just like. Stop by everyone. <laughs> yeah. Doing the rounds. I was just like my mum. My mum is buried with her mum. So we're saying hi to two when we go to her. Then all her family are on the other side. Honestly, it's like a fucking, it's a morbid day out. We're all popping by the graves. <laughs> It's, honestly, it's an expensive flower trip. I tell you that. I'm like, right, get that for Great Nanny, get that for Auntie Lily, get that for. It's <laughs> fucking out, but it is, and it's so sacred. And when somebody fully embraces that, and kind of is a bit like coward or a bit, and they fully embrace it, and like you said, it's the closest you're gonna get. But if this is this is it, like this is this is special. How special! What a lovely partner you have. And now, can you leave a question for our next guest, please? I guess it's like knowing what you know now about grief, what advice would you give to someone who is supporting a loved one that's lost someone? Yeah, love that. Yeah. What advice? Okay, yeah, perfect. Stunning. Well, key, that I'm all questioned out for you. Thank you so much for being a guest today on the podcast. Where can the people find you and support you in your work? So you can find me on Instagram, don't really use Twitter, but on Instagram at itskey underscore B. And yeah. And how can we, you know, when, when, we, when can we start funding? When can we start getting involved and donating? So what I'm going to start doing is just putting out posts on my Instagram. So if you follow me, you'll be able to find all the information. And at some point, amazing for something bigger. So look up for that fantastic and i'll be sure to share it myself and support because i think it's a great initiative and you're doing wonderful things key thank you so much well that's it for this week's episode i hope you all enjoyed it and it set your week off to a great start whether you've laughed a little cried a little i mean i think crying is good for the soul or you've resonated with something that was said Thank you for listening and spending time out of your day to do so. If you like what you hear, please do rate, review and subscribe. In doing so, you're ensuring that lots more people get to find the Grief Gang podcast and hopefully help them too. If you're not already, check out the Grief Gang on social media platforms such as Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. I'm most active on the Instagram page where I love, love, love to connect with you all. For now, take care and big, big love.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.